The Say Something Podcast is brought to you by a moment with Morris.com and BlackBlueprints.com. That's BlackBlueprints with a Z.com. I am Jermaine Morris here with the one and only Mr. Barry Axius. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Bringing you the newest installment to the Say Something Podcast. Say something, say something, say something. Episode 14. Got 14 and go uh, 13 in the can, going we, for 14. We should be at 30 or 50 by now. So, But we get together <laughs> and talk about everything going on out here in this life, out here in these streets, out here in the struggle. Man, Man. everybody's feeling a little bit black today. <laughs> Everybody. Go ahead. Feeling blacker, feeling black and blue. Oh, man, they feeling blacker. They is now entering the black zone, but we'll, we'll get into it. Since the last time we got together, last time it was Obama was 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 peacing out. Peacing out. So now, since we here, it's is 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 Donnie Trump time. Yeah. Donnie T. Donnie T is in a in a building, in a place to be. Donnie T in the building. He's coming in with both barrels. Ah, guns <laughs> are blazing. He coming out changing all kind of policy. Yeah. Well, I mean. And the simple fact of how this brother has acted, it's almost like having a 10-year-old running the house. Exactly. He's, right? If, if you've been under a rock since uh, Donald J. Trump, the 45th elected president of these here United States of America, his whole campaign and focus is to, A, undo everything former President Barack Obama did, and, uh, B, uh, just run amok. <laughs> Get everything done he want to do on his on his watch, and, and and he's going for his. Yeah, he's definitely going for his. I mean, at the same time, like what was to be expected, but what you're watching and what you're seeing right before our eyes. I'm a firm believer in that when people show you who they are, believe them. And everything that he's doing now is consistent with who he was on the campaign trail, which is consistent with who he was when he was just a celebrity. Which you know, which is consistent of who he's been in the public eye for the last forty years. America allowed a pompous, arrogant, multi-millionaire in a position of power for what people say is the greatest position, the leader of the free world. They have given him access like no other. When the millionaire now has full reign. On everything possible that the head commander in chief of the United States has, it's a recipe for disaster, dog. Yeah. So, in, in case you are not, so going into the end of of old, uh, of old former President Barack Obama. Yeah. Break Obama's down term, like, like break down what this guy. The, the hit list that he got so, so far. So as Barack Obama was leaving, uh, if you remember in the news, the big thing was like Standing Rock, where they want to do the oil pipeline, which is going to come through Native American soil. And Barack Obama put the kibosh on that. Um, he took some time. It, it wasn't swift. He took some time on that. Yeah, but uh, it, it was done. Uh, since then, old Donnie T is is uh, gone back on that. It's business as usual, and they're going to push through with the pipeline. <laughs> Apparently, there's already been an oil spill uh, since this is this has gone back in, his plan to remove the uh, Affordable Care Act, his uh, plan of uh, his issues with Planned Parenthood, the 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 lifting the gun ban, the I mean, he is right now. Yeah, oh, for, we can't forget about the the Great Wall of Donnie. Can't not forget the Great the wall. wall of Donnie, where that, he, the taxpayers are going to flip the bill on that because 
Mexico is going to pay us back later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, comedian, actor, uh, radio host D.L. Hughley said it best. Oh he God. said, so, we, so Donald Trump wants to buy the wall on layaway? That, that the American people are supposed to put the money up front and then you're supposed to get this money out of these people next time by some form of embargo or, or more so what that means is put the squeeze on them on, on the back end to try to force them to pay up later for this wall. Don't forget about China. Oh, and so, at, well, there's already the issue. So now, since Donald Trump's his, his platform also is to remove America's presence as the global police officer. To remove America's presence as as the one who's because he wants to bring back tortures, wants to bring back uh, I mean all the stuff that that Obama tried to, to put for the eight years he wants to really we just got into a time machine and he wants to take it back sixty years yeah and all these things has taken America out of a shaky moral high ground which it previously held yeah and so now he's more or less just kind of like I don't care if America is 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 seating at the chair at the table for this particular position and china is right there to step in and say we will be that front runner that america no longer wants to Doesn't be Doesn't he want to try to get the u.s out of the the u.n and as well he's trying to keep america so this so william jefferson clinton bill clinton former president he had a policy to where he wasn't involved in a lot of foreign issues during his tenure because he wanted to keep money resources and americans in america now, he never wanted to remove America's responsibilities. He just wasn't doing extra-ish. Like, he wasn't, you know, doing that extra pro. He was too busy getting ahead in the overall. I said he was a lover, not a fighter. Yeah, no doubt. So, Donald, you know, Donnie T, his standpoint is a little more like... More aggressive? More hands-off globally. Like, we don't need to be dealing with all this stuff. And when we deal with people, it doesn't need to be in such large capacities. Like America has this thing to where we go over and bomb a country and then we support them for 50 years. Yeah. You know, Trump was like to the victor, go to spoils. If we're going to go over there and bomb them, take the oil and peace out. Like, sad, <laughs> sad. like uh, he's uh, he's that's, on. That's, 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 that's the businessman's way. That's how capitalism works. Yeah, right? Yeah. He's like, why are we playing? Why? Why bomb him and then feed him? <laughs> he's like bomb him and fuck him. Yeah. Right? You know, he made the threats to to uh, legislation in Illinois saying that if you don't address your crime issue in Chicago, oh, yeah. you do it or, or I'll send the feds in to do it for Martial you. Martial law coming to a Chicago neighborhood near you. Oh, only if you live on the south side. Oh, that's what yeah. <laughs> you know, these are just all these things that are going in. So now as we as we now that we kind of got all the, 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 the trays and the plates and the silverware everywhere. Now let's properly set the table. What does this mean for black Americans? Dun, 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 dun. Well, since every uh, so-called black celebrity has uh, not sure to say every, but. A few black celebrities have come and, and spoken to Donald Trump on the behalf of the black community. Mm-hmm. I didn't get the memo. Um, you know, the young singer, she got a whole bunch of riff and um, uh, Crochette Michelle and headbang because of that. And I felt that it was it was a sad attempt to always attack the young girl, like because no one really gave Ray Lewis heat, Kanye West heat, and Jim Brown. They didn't give them the amount of heat that she got. So. I mean, well, whatever. She well, got a check, dog. I mean, well, those are a little check. different. A little different. Why and the only reason different? why a little different is because her her thing with him was singing at his inauguration. Okay, she so, got a check. Well, no, no. But I'm saying she got she got roasted for that 
because they were because they were putting out there anybody who performs who's gonna be we talked about yeah. this last show who's gonna come you know brother yeah. Tariq but, she but, calls but, it you know yeah, the coon train same, is coming train, but at the same time they met. You know, they met with the brother, so it's all the same kind of circus to me. It is what it is, right? Yeah. She got it. I mean, she's not really well known. I mean, she needed to get something done. I mean, it's just like what a lot of these celebrities do to get there. I mean, look what Soldier Boy has done, and we bought into it. A lot, I bought into it. A lot of people bought into it. You know, train wrecks. You know, people do what they have to do to get the uh, the food on the table. I'm not knocking her. I just say if you're gonna go at her, go at her. And then go at the other brothers just as hard and just as strong as they did. Okay. Spike Lee banning her and all that type of they stuff. They roasted the Kanye. They damn sure roasted Steve Hart. Now, but you know what? I, <laughs> didn't, I didn't hear anybody quoting bands. All right. So let's go into what I'm looking at, the content of everything. Okay. When I said earlier, previous in the show, welcome to being black. Well, I could say welcome to you know the blackness. The Negro, specifically soldiers that I know, comrades that I know, and myself. We have been talking about the oppressive nature of the black community for the last several years. We're not going to even go back into decades of it. We're just going to talk about the last several years when we spoke upon the the hideous, horrendous deaths of Trayvon Martins, the Mike Browns, the Tamir Rices, the Sandra Blands, um, the Freddie Grays. I mean, this is just to name a few. Yeah. Um, and all of our pleas, all of our screams, all of our anger all of our vengeance, all of our, uh, you know, marching, protesting, as they called us looters and rioters, it fell on deaf ear and almost Americans became silent. Now, that's not all Americans, but a majority, yeah. because I'm looking at what's going on now. I just left the press conference and it was Muslim and Latinos, African-Americans, um, Jews, everyone was all piled up. In this press conference, what I was so frustrated, and I had to actually get out of the circle of the we all stand together, uh, uh, you know, picture, because it kept on resonating to me that they kept on talking about what Latinos and Muslims are going through. And I said to my head, like, well, if you paid attention to what blacks have gone through and we're just talking about in the last few years, we're not even going back into history, but yeah. we'll go into there later. But the last few years, when we were getting publicly lynched, no one chose to stand by our sides collectively. And when I say collectively, I mean to the point where the people who are making these these rules and these laws and, 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 and committing these heinous acts of injustice against us, they would have felt it. Yeah, people came, they stood, they yelled Black Lives Matter, and they went back on their regularly daily campaign. But it did not stand with us in solidarity to really make it be uneasy for any judge, any DA to even think about not prosecuting some of these henchmen. So now what I've yelled at so many times in the last year, once they're done with us, who do you think they're going to go after next? And now the next is the Latinos, the Muslims. But when we talk about um, the Latinos and Muslims, we're talking about the immigrants and all that. What gets, um, I think, shelved is the simple fact that it's just not Mexican immigrants. It's the Caribbean immigrants. It's the African immigrants. I just got done talking to a friend that's just worried about her getting deported because, you know, her visa is up. You know what I'm saying? So we as black people need to make sure that we don't fall for this. We must resist 
We've been in resistance. We can't fall for the fact that the issues that we deal with now become piled with other issues because no one cared and thought about our issues or even looked at it directly. Now that the shoe is on the other foot and Mr. Donald Trump has not dropped an executive decision that really kind of falters the black community yet, which I'm sure he's going to with that stop and frisk. If that shit goes down, then, you know, blacks are going to go all over the place. But in the same content, I believe that now everyone is seeing what we have been saying for decades upon decades upon years. And it's like, welcome to our reality. OK, uh, a couple things in there. So, <laughs> All right, yeah, you know, I was ready for that, man. Yeah, there's, there's a couple things there. So when we talk about the uh, other groups feeling the the quote unquote black experience in America, so uh, as well as when you talk about how you know we're all in this together, uh, the funny thing about this country historically is, is that uh, a lot of other groups benefited from the brunt that black people suffered. Though they didn't come in when black people were suffering. So like they just had the big uh, the woman's march uh, right after uh, Trump was was signed in, sworn <laughs> sworn in and nationwide millions upon millions of, of, of women of all walks of life, uh, colors, creeds, uh, nationalities, uh, religious affiliations, all that band together as their solidarity as women. And something that uh, a woman had pointed out, okay, how many of these women out here marched for black sons that had been killed? Like how many of these these, these women uh, wept alongside black mothers who, who were in pain? Mm. Like it is, so when it comes to these other groups having now getting introduced to their black experience, mm-hmm. uh, where does that fall? Is this now our time to gracefully bow out? Mm. Because because when you go back, you know, I know you say you want to go back too deep historically, you know, if the the immigration acts, um, women's liberation movement, uh, if your family is Korean, Chinese from Laos, Philippines, uh, if they're from, you know, Honduras, from Mexico, if they're from Pakistan, if they're from Iran, all benefited from the bloodshed of black Americans. Mm. But very few participated mm. in the blood spilling mm. when it happened. Mm-hmm. So is this now the time that 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 we just say y'all turn? I I I totally believe that what it is is the time for us to recognize. Let's get some recognition to the pain. Let's get some recognition to the fact that we told you so. Let's get some recognition to the fact that there wasn't any sense of true solidarity okay. when the going got tough others kept going black stayed in the same direction they was going for the same exact years like i don't take white people yelling and marching and, and protesting with me i don't take that to be anything but white guilt i don't that doesn't move me what moves me is when i see white people acting in such a way that they're saying to themselves that I am a person still with 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 credibility and a person that still has strength without my privilege. Like I want you to move 
and interact without privilege because their privilege gives you an access and it gives you a certain power base that I don't have living in America. I want to see Muslims and, and Latinos and Asians. I want them to start giving us the notes and, and giving us the clues on how are you guys able to come off the planes, come off the boats and start flourishing and, and, and making things happen in our communities. Yeah, I just got back from D.C., Middle Eastern and Asian rent. Negroes is in the hood. And the businesses are owned by Middle Easterns and Asians. So I don't see them passing the baton of wealth, information, or for us to rebuild our community. Where's the help? So when I look at this moment, serious conversation has to be on how much do you really want unity? Because saying that shit is one thing. Doing it where it makes sense is another. Because once people want to alleviate and giving out power. See, that's always been, I think, white supremacy. White supremacy has always been how much power are we are going to allow like others to have so we can be on this equal playing field. And they have showed time and time again, they don't want to alleviate anything. That's why you have the issues what we have right now. Okay, well, you want to make sure we don't skip over stuff because you make really good points. We'll make sure that they get it. One thing that, that we talk about why, and it's something that's common, you'll hear people who say that my grandfather came over, didn't speak the language, he was able to establish something for himself, and, and this, that, and the third. There's some things that are in place in, in a specific policy that excludes black people specifically. Like, there's a lot of people don't get that. There's a policy that was put into place after the civil rights era in the 60s, and it was referred to, it's called benign neglect. So if you ever come across this place, what benign neglect means that is that the, the issue that was arising throughout the civil rights era is that the government, powers that be, whatever, recognized that not giving black people anything from the jump wasn't what started the uproar. It was making promises to black people <laughs> and then not living up to them. Because if you go into to this thinking, ain't nothing for me, I ain't never going to get nothing, they ain't never going to do nothing, that's just the way it is, It doesn't. you may get frustrated, but the ceiling is very visible. Mm. When you tell somebody, oh, no, 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 anything's possible, the American dream, there's Ice Cube lyrics, said, if I could sell you the American dream, I could sell you anything. Mm-hmm. And, and, and all these things that are promised to everyone... And I'm going to tell you it's for everyone, Mm -hmm. but I really mean everyone but you. That's where a lot of the issues came. So what benign neglect was, it was a policy about there will never be another thing issued for black people. Mm. This is where black people became people of color. Mm. This is when black people became minorities, Mm -hmm. when black people became uh, all these other broad, ambiguous terms where we all got lumped in together. Mm -hmm. So you can still present a Latino issue to the table. You can represent an Asian issue to the table, Mm. but you can't bring a black issue to the table. Mm -hmm. So as time goes by and these policies still it's still there, they may not address it with the same terminology, but the same practice. Mm -hmm. You get people who come over from other countries, from other cultures who can be heard because there was never a policy put in place for them. Mm-hmm. There was one put in place for us. Yes, sir. So that that right there is a huge difference why other groups have been able to move a little smoother. Now, I think it's very important to your point as well about if we're really in this together, help. Yeah. Instead of the judgment of, well, I did it. How come you yeah, can't? Help. 
or or this and that. Because you need our help now. You, well, they're going to be looking for it. No, I mean, that because you I mean, you said it earlier in the show. Every real movement, and you let's now go into history. Yeah. Even the American Revolution, to the Civil War, to the Vietnam War, blacks, the World War One and Two, blacks was at the forefront of helping defeat or helping be a part of the situation that America needed, right? Yeah. Without us, trust and believe the Civil War would still be going down, right? I mean It wouldn't be it wouldn't be what you look at the at the United the, States. The, as. the framework of the United States wouldn't be because of us pushing the civil rights. It created the woman rights. It created all this these other things that others have benefited. Strictly by everyone yeah. has benefited off of black culture, black oppression, black sacrifice, black resistance. If you cannot, and what pissed me off was when they were speaking at this press conference and they were laminating all these different things, but they like jumped over the fact that slavery played such an integral part of why we as blacks still continue to struggle. And when you look at that and this domino effect, and I remember quoting myself in a a, 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 a video that I was I had, you know, an interview there I was yeah. saying, I said, our oppression, oppression becomes your oppression because you cannot think that we are going to continue to get bullied and picked on and, and just, um, beat up like rag dolls that after a while white supremacy is not going to look for another victim to sick on it, to pick on to, to deal with. And it's so funny that everybody sat on the sidelines, just like you would sit on the sidelines watching somebody get picked on and never jump in. You're recording. Yeah. And you may let it go on to the local news and say, well, look what I found, yeah. but you're not stopping the bullying. Now we have a situation where you got everybody jumping and now everybody is looking for like people to gain uh, this momentum. Let's march together. Let's protest together. Now, all of a sudden, it's the thing to do when before when we were doing it. Looters, rioters, thugs. Why are you destroying your, your buildings? When I saw just leaving D.C. a few days before inauguration, you had white males and females and someone said, how do we know they're white? Damn it. Of course I know they're white. I can see their freaking whiteness through the little black little ski mask that they have, right? They were destroying D.C. Downtown D.C. They were just doing and running them up. But does anyone really speak on that? They speak on it like the frustration of America is being, is being seen right here. Compared to when blacks are doing it, oh man, those Negroes are destroying and burning their own community. Okay, let's get a couple things you got. So, it, talking about how if the way that this system is set up, this capitalist society in which that America is based upon, is that not only is it racist, but it's classist. Classism is classism huge. Classism is huge. So, to a lot of these people who are getting frustrated, because it's not just going to be Latinos and, and Asians. Poor white people are about to, are, are catching the brunt of this too. And the issue is, is that the capitalist machine 
I think uh, one of the things that, that I likened it, you remember Wesley Snipes, the Blade movies? Yeah. You ever watched the second one? Uh-huh. Okay, the second one, in case you didn't see it, good, good, good one to pick up, you know, good special effects, all that. Uh, the second premise was... like a total Blade plug. Yeah, I, I, I like the movie, so I'm good to plug. But, but the premise and why it's important, Blade, Daywalker, he used to kill and hunt vampires. The second one was a, an off-strain. The, it, it, who hunted vampires. Yeah. So they went to Blade to help him, to ask him to help them go after this other group. Yeah. And Blade's kind of like, like, why should I help you? You spent your whole life <laughs> coming after this group of people. Now that you're no longer the top of the food chain, why should I help you? Because their their mindset was, is because after they finish with us, who do you think they're going to next? Mm. And that's why he stepped in and helped his quote unquote sworn enemies to get rid of a threat because it was for the self-preservation of everyone as a whole. Some of these other groups out there are going to have to get their blade on. Yeah. Even if you haven't gotten along with your neighbors, gotten along with the people on the other side of the tracks, on the other side of the street, whatever. Now this is the, the, the attention has been turned. Yeah. Now, the fact of the matter is, is that for, for where black people are in America, for the most part, we're kind of a autopilot. We have so much work that needs to be done internally that they can now the machine can now turn its attention because we shifted something very powerful happened in the last decade. Black people went from number two to roughly number five. So it used to be the dominant culture of, of Caucasians of privilege. And, and that's not only just being white, but also having means mm-hmm. and resources. Number one, then went number two were black people. Then you start going Latinos, Asians, whatever. In the last decade, that shift went from black people being two to Latinos being second, Asians being third, the LBGT community being four. You can interchange three and four if you like. Black people shifted to five. There's no reason to address us directly anymore. The things that are in place in the machine have already kind of put itself in place. We have a lot of internal work before they need to even deal with us again. Mm. So who is the machine turning its sight on to? The new number two. Mm. And if you're three or four going for the number two spot, guess what? That means all three of you are in the crosshairs. So there's a lot of other groups of people who are going to start to think that, okay, we've been watching black folks get their butts kicked and reap the benefits of what they go through. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, like you said, welcome to, to, to welcome to being black. I'm just, I'm just, I mean, it's, 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 I look at it like this. White man's world, white on white crime at its fullest potential. Let the white folks take care of this business and let them handle it. I don't tell my black folk to resist because we've been in resistance from day one. I say, it's time for us to build. If you're not building and you're destroying, and that's not saying that I'm not going to collaborate with with my other um, counterparts on certain levels, but I'm not going to open heartedly just walk in and just allow myself to forget. Now, we're going to have to have some real conversations before I move and have my people move in a way to where solidarity is 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 real because there has to be a lot of healing there has to be a lot of real conversations and this is not even with white supremacy this is with other individuals that stood by to watch white supremacy i mean they've reaped the benefits of white supremacy not even having white privilege but white supremacy keeping us oppressed right yeah because in a sense of when you look at our communities 
white people may own certain buildings in our community, but businesses and jobs are owned by other people that are not white. That are our counterparts that are now dealing with the situation okay. at hand. Something that 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 I, I didn't want to cut you off, but I think that something that's very important tied to what you just said is that all a lot of these other groups in America have had the luxury yes. of being white or a minority yeah. until recently. Exactly. So if if you're if you're if you're of uh, if you're Latino descent, if your family's Mexican, Colombian, El Salvadorian, Central American, if your family is Chinese, Asian, yeah. if your family is Middle Eastern, Still Indian, face, man. but the important part is is that through the U.S. Census and the actual breakdown in the country, you were white until the '80s. So when it came to all these the benefits that fell under being white, all those other groups benefited. And then in the 80s, when they changed and put in policies of affirmative action and other right. benefits, they got the luxury of flipping, flipping, it. flipping and it. then becoming yeah. a person of color yeah. and reaping the benefits on the second because side. Because I'm watching the narrative and I clearly heard and I clearly paid attention to the immigrants were basically specifically Middle Easterners or Latinos. When we know we have plenty of Caribbean and African immigrants right here and no one pays attention to that. Guarantee you they will be the first ones to go before anybody else. Because in sense that um, Latinos are still needed to do some of the laboring, right? And uh, and Middle Easterns, you know, you're going to kind of figure out a deal because of you know certain things that you know your US always has going on so with them but at the same point in time like we can't forget about our own people and that's what I believe that always ends up happening because I mean man I'm gonna keep it 200 I've been screaming racism let's talk about race talk about white supremacy and I know I'm not the first guy to say it yeah you know clearly there's been plenty of other people throughout the years that have said it I mean for centuries that I look up to and I've and I've studied but Clearly here in Sacramento, I know I was one of the most vocal and most outright leaders in the black community that wasn't in fear of speaking on this. And people looked at me like I was crazy when I would post certain things on Facebook, speak out in the news, speak out in my um, you know public speeches. And it was always met with my own black people with some disregard. And even blacks was looking at, I remember... Uh, a council a councilman's wife telling me one particular time we had brought some youth there to speak upon in one of their dumb fake uh, police uh, oh, garbage God. commissions, right? Um, saying that we need to move on past Mike Brown. Like it was still, it was like it was didn't even hit a year yet. And I looked at her like, are you kidding me right now? And so I I, I look at this and I and I look at the blame not on Donald Trump. Yeah. Not even on white supremacy, but black elite are so-called comrades that now want solidarity that again looked and watched the behavior and said, well, if it ain't happening to us to that level, yeah, it's okay. But now, don't get me wrong, Latinos probably never ever liked white people, but as long as they didn't bother them, they're going to keep on going with their day. But they're not going to stand directly with us and this is no disrespect to my brown people but this is honest 
You're not going to stand directly with us, even though we know they have just as many issues with police brutality as we. We have not had that kind of solidarity that we need to have because of whatever issues that has been created between Latinos and blacks. I don't know what it is, but now we're here at a point that all of that stuff has to be put aside because as a people, we are more powerful together. But I want to know as a people, is this just temporary confinement because of the situation or are we really trying to find better solutions and move and navigate together? Okay, so I think something that goes along with what you're saying is that's a very important message that the breakdown of, uh, of ethnicities and races in America for the kind of the big picture plan are different. So the prison industrial complex, the convict lease program, we've talked about that before, this big, huge, multi, multi, it's shifting into trillion dollar industry of, of using convict work as opposed to, you know, normal labor. That framework is and structure is more so designed for us black people than it is Latinos. Huh. So when it goes to like what our struggles are going to be, the, the things that are being put in place, the big picture plan for us is incarceration. The issue that they're dealing with Latinos is different. So, but what's going to happen is, is that I would like to see what it's, what would bring those other groups on board before it's fourth and long? <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like, like because what's going to happen is, is that the mass incarceration is going to continue. Like, okay, even something we talked about a little off off air, the new law in Louisiana, where uh, if you resist arrest, resisting arrest is considered a hate crime against a police officer, mm. and it comes with a potential ten year sentence. Here's where this gets real sticky and real the real sticky icky. The definition of a, of resisting arrest is uh, if you're walking down the street and the cop says, hey, "Draw, put your hands in the air," huh? You just resisted arrest. That simple. Because you didn't comply with a direct order from a police officer. That's so now you can sit there. Say, no, you have to do this. No, no, no. Once you dis disobey a direct order, once you do not comply with the direct request, you are now in resisting of the practice of that police officer's job and his duty to facilitate whatever reason he's there for. So get on the ground. Wait a minute. What? Stop resisting. What did I do? Get on the ground. But I, who are you? Who are you? Like you are now. <laughs> so now even if you were uh, arrested incorrectly, like they got the wrong guy. You can still get penalized for the resisting, even though they had no reason to arrest you mm. in the first place. You hear See, that? So there's going to be a lot of people who are like, we got the wrong guy. What's what's the description? I, I brief. I had a conversation with a police officer uh, and, and a guy he was talking to was talking about, you know, they always talk about, you know, it, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. I said, I'm six two, six two, bald headed black dude with a goatee. And I probably got a half dozen black leather jackets in my closet. Do you know how many people I fit the description of? Uh, he was a tall, black, bald-headed dude <laughs> with a goatee and a black leather jacket. I fit the description. You can go ahead and get a million of me other black dudes in any given city and anywhere in America. And we all fit the same description. All it takes is for somebody to say that and then try to pin a gun charge on me or a drug charge. And it not be me and me not comply with split second response time. And I could still get a dime. I could still do 10 years, mm. even though they had the wrong person because I wasn't right there quick with it. Mm. They're even trying to go mandatory death penalty for, for uh, taking the life of a police officer. That's another one they want to put on the table. 
is that if you take they they want they want to put on the books that they'll be voting on in your near future. If America wasn't racist and if the average white person didn't think or feel like Trump, how is Trump the president? Like that's that like I mean that's what white America got to answer to. And this is exactly why too much power creates corruption and creates this hellfire that we're dealing with right now. If the lesson for us that we no longer need or we've had enough of any white woman, <laughs> any white male, especially that has some type of wealth and hasn't had to really struggle. I mean, you had to struggle to continue to stay rich. I mean, yeah. That's a great struggle to have. Right? Yeah. But maintain. Yeah, to maintain. <laughs> to maintain the riches is I, I'd rather have that. Yeah. You now have to understand and we all have to really see that they are no longer able to maintain or contain their thirst for having power and corrupting this world as they've corrupted it for centuries and centuries. Like they have shown us that this is Something that that the, they're they're devils. I mean, I mean, literally, you got a situation where here is Donald Trump. We don't know if the Russians helped him. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? He goes on these 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 tantrums about Twitter what, fingers, dude. <laughs> he's basically said this is crazy. Like he's so arrogant and egotistical that this dude is more worried. About what the media is pertaining to be, what his um, inauguration looked like, yeah. comparisons to Obama, and saying the media manipulated pictures, and no, my inauguration was um, the better most, turnout, better, better turnout, most widely watched. He's worried about that. He's worried about um, what is voter fraud. When there is this major allegation that the Russians may have had something to do with it. Someone had something to do with something. Because when you turn around and you watch all the melee, you're shaking your head like, we know he had some supporters. Yeah. But he couldn't have had this many supporters. So right then and there, everything that a lot of our freedom fighters and the soldiers that have been burying their lives and their souls to tell the truth, to let people know... This is our government, a big freaking joke. If you believe anything right now that any government official says, I don't even care the ones that continue to say that this place will be a sanctuary. They're say, saying that, dude, to keep face because I don't think not any one official of a government, um, a governor or to a mayor is going to go out of bounds and speak against the people right now. Yeah, because you you have the an issue that's that's building more and more in America based upon so civil liberties, uh, privileges, uh, all that stuff are not the same as rights, and so there's a lot of stuff that you're just kind of allotted to do as a human being in this country that's not actually your right, and so he's really coming after all those privileges and civil civil liberties as well as rights. Like if you're a government federal employee trying to put the kibosh on your ability to speak to press. Uh, they're trying to get they're trying to get the law. They're using they're, they want to make it against the law to protest is because they, they want to associate a fiscal amount to the, the cost that these protests bring. So when they have there, all these there, there's a, there's one I've heard that they wanted to be OK to shoot protesters. 
Oh, I would. I haven't heard that one Could yet, but I wouldn't be surprised. I very easily. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, I mean, what they're looking at now, I mean, the way that, that this is that the police state is building the way that, you know, talk about bringing back stop and frisk, uh, something that's proven not to work. Uh, every statistical way that was, unit of measurement showed that stop and frisk didn't work. Uh, they're talking about bringing that back. You know, it, it's going to be a lot of uh, of, of chaos. Going to be a lot of separation. It's going to be a lot of lot of issues and struggles amongst the American people. So I'm saying, for when it speaks to us as a people, because we've got our struggles, we need to rebuild. Our, our education system is lacking; is, yeah. is, is failing us. Uh, the judicial criminal justice system has us with a designated role. But no one, but, so, but 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 you know that we have a designated role. But when you look at the role that we play, no one has helped us. Well, this is what I'm saying. So with all these things that are going on in place, is this the part where Black Americans just say, you know what, we've fallen on the sword for y'all far too long? You know, uh, this country, not Black slaves, not only built Americans' Ooh. economy, we built rebuilt the economy for for Europe. <laughs> Yep. That the, the cotton trade back then yeah. with that money, Pathetic. that money was what built America yeah. and also rebuilt Europe. People forget about that. Nah. When, well, just just we always a history lesson. Yeah. I'll, I'll say something. When all those those uh, the, the colonists, the pilgrims, when everybody was out, the, the explorers who were leaving Europe to go across, they weren't looking for spices for the seasoning up their food. Mm-mm. Europe was bankrupt. It was disease ridden. It was the plague. Crime was running rampant. It was crippled and falling by the wayside. They sent out their people like Europe was the pimp and sent the little junior pimps out to find new corners to work. And when they found North America, they was like this corners of payday. And they all the money that they were making here, they were sending back to Europe to rebuild. Jolly old England, the Queens, riches, all that stuff was rebuilt, was built off of African black slave labor here. Oh. United States was able to build itself up high enough to to the hoe that became our own pimp. Mm. No, taxation without representation. You ain't going to pimp me no more. I'm going to be my own pimp. Mm. That money for, for, to, for America's independence was based off of African slave labor. Mm. We gave the economy that built this country up. Mm. All these other immigrants who weren't a part of either, who came from South America, who came from Asia, who came, who had nothing to do with that that time period, came over with hopes of a, a good life. Mm. They dreamed America, the streets were paved with gold, a land of opportunity. Yes, the opportunities that were allotted to you based upon the backs, the laboring, the oppression, and the struggle of black Americans here. Mm. Is this the time where we just say, you know what? This is where we gracefully bow out. I say, I, I, I mean, we done done our like part. Like I say, we we've been resisting. I don't. I'm telling black folk, like, pay attention. We don't need to march too much. We don't need to protest too much. We need to build. Well, is this uh, okay? I agree with we you. We need to build. I agree with you. Now, do we? Because, like I said, even we, if he signs a stop and frisk, we need to build because no, I don't see. Any no one has come help us like the way we've helped them, which is why I'm saying, is, is this the point to where black people remove ourselves from people of color, remove ourselves from minorities? Well, you know what? I'm remove tell you, our, you know what I mean? Uh, here's the things. Here's a, here's a, here's a killer words that have killed us. Minority. Yes. Diversity. Yes. Multiculturalism. Yep. People of color. Yeah. All these words have destroyed us. Exactly. Because it never speaks upon to the issue. What Donald Trump has done is exactly what we 
black Americans were hoping that he was going to do for us. Lay down some ground rules. I can't knock the 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 <laughs> the, the crazy white rich guy Donald Trump. He told you what he was going to do. Yeah. I mean, and for the most part, he's pretty much been right on. Yeah. So, in, in, in other words, I'm like, wow, well, his whole Trump card, no, fun in, no pun intended, could be the fact that he maybe tr- treats the blacks a lot better than any other president. Well, this is what I'm saying. So, is, you, Did you hear his inauguration speech? I heard part of it. I honestly, I didn't I heard that he, he, he did, wasn't speaking too negatively. Well, he, I think more so with him and what he's been consistent about is, is look, addressing Chicago, the crime area in Chicago. If his plan is, you know what, huge mass incarceration, we're going to come through and lock up all the troublemakers by by sheer virtue of removing a percentage of people. Because the unemployment rate in Chicago and that south side is roughly 50 percent. That's crazy. The, the opportunities are minimal. The educa- education system is abysmal. But if you removed... 17% of the population, those resources were to a degree free up. So he said, look, I'm going to lock up all these people and I'm going to save whoever's still there. And it's and it's not like it hasn't happened. Yet. You know what I'm saying? You know? <laughs> so my thing is, if, if it came to us, I, I, I just maybe this is just my viewpoint. Maybe it's our time to pull out. Like like when, when it's a cultural issue, y'all handle that. When it's a when it's a people of color issue, y'all handle that. <laughs> when it's a diversity issue, y'all handle that. When it's a black issue, call us. There you go. Because when it was multicultural, oh, Latinos man. didn't show up. When it was people of color, Middle Easterners didn't show up. When it when it was minorities, Asians didn't no, no, show no, no, up. No, no, excuse me. They did show up when it benefited them. No, no, no. I'm talking about when it was a call for, for when somebody got to fall on the sword. When somebody got to get the German Shepherd sicked on them. When somebody going to jail tonight. Mm-hmm. Like, so is this the point where we just say, hey, look, look. We we uh, we only answer the bat phone when you ask it for somebody by name. It needs to be now. <laughs> it needs to be now. Ahead, front. What are we black folk getting out of this? It needs to be said. What's in it for us? It needs to be stated. It needs to be uh, um, you know written in big, bold, bold black lettering. What is in this for us? What do we get? What is the agenda for black folk? Because at the end of the day, all this kumbaya, we are the world shit, it doesn't work for us. It never has, it never will. And that's the reason why we've always got shafted. Because we have this sense, I think the world has this sense, that you can keep the Negro down, kick the Negro down, punch the Negro, he'll be alright because we're resilient. And, and and I think for a fault that we've showed this resilience as our badge of honor, like, you know what? We've gone through harder times. We'll get through this again. I'm tired of that shit. I'm tired of people telling me our heaven is in the sky. I want my heaven right now. You know what okay. I'm saying? Something very good you just said. Something that about black Americans is that contrary to what you see on TV, the negative narrative that we're all thugs, criminals, this, that, that. The biggest, the biggest thing that we do incorrectly is to each other. But we have welcomed every Everyone. other group. Everybody. Every group. Everybody. You, Asians can go into a full-on black community and okay. open up shop. And be all right. Can we do that to Chinatown? No. But this is the difference. If all of a sudden the people will tell you, oh, man, I was messed with her. I was picked on. I was teased. Yeah. If you embrace the culture, if you, if you go into any area, there's Asians that's running with the homies. 
There's there's the white dudes running with the homies. There's Latinos that's running with the like we don't segregate or turn our back on other groups. We're segregated and separate apart because other groups turn their backs on uh-huh. us. <laughs> so like I said, I because real I, conversations, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, if it's like, okay, we need to do this. We need to come together. We need who's we? Oh, we yeah. speak. What's that? Oh, oh, you speak French now? Uh, exactly. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm the moment that I'm happy for is this because I've predicted a lot of what is happening right now. I'm not gonna say that I'm Nostradamus or nothing like that, but I saw the writing on the wall. Because yeah. I mean, it's easy to see. Yeah. <laughs> right. Train, this train is and, never late. I mean, <laughs> you know. But at the same time, when you feel the pulse. And when you out there and you see, and again, I'm not saying that other cultures, other minorities, as we want to be fit in this box, no. were out there. But when it was coming down to the get down, mm-hmm. when it was time to really allow that privilege that you have to be kind of like, all right, I'm going to put that to the side. And I'm going to go in this with you. Yeah. People knew, well, I'm white. You know, have to go ahead and fight the night. I'll you know go right back to the white. I'm going to bring something because you just brought something very important because I think this is something we do as a people all the time. And I just think that this is you're going to say something about specifically. Say something, and that's say black something. folks and Native Americans. Mm. And I think that this is something that's very important because if you if you have African descent here, more likely than not, you've got Native American blood in, in your veins, depending upon when your family got here. Mm-hmm. And because they talk about like that standing rock stuff. And it talks about who we align ourselves with and stuff that's important to remember historically is that when we talk about every group that 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 shined us at some point, Native Americans were there, too, because back historically, when when uh, I've seen those pictures, when African slaves would run and they used the slave catchers, (laughs) a.k.a. the police department, Native Americans were the bounty hunters. Mm. And so Native Americans were paid to retrieve black slaves or slaughter and scalp them for running off the plantation. Also, since we talk about who's who's been there for us since the beginning in those on those reservations, a lot of Africans ended up there. This is how a lot of us have Native American blood. You had, you know, black dudes hooked up with with Pocahontas and then we got we got babies in the bloodline. But what happened is, is that when the United States government wanted to come through and give the version of reparations to the Native Americans, part of the policy that was instilled in that is is that it had to be separate of Africans. Mm-hmm. There's always been a policy in the United States government that was to remove black people from a beneficial position. So when a lot of Native Americans were granted their reservations or granted their sovereignty and then their money, it had to be separate of Africans. So they actually kicked off Africans and half Africans and quarter Africans off those reservations in order to make sure that they could get their check. That's real game. So if the fact is, is that if it's like if my, for me to prosper, for us to be okay, is at the expense of you. I'm willing to do that because self-preservation for my people becomes before my compassion for you. That was what Native Americans did centuries ago up until now, damn near. Yeah. And so because black people will always be first to say, I got Native American blood. But how many Native Americans do you hear say they got a second got cousin that's black? Yeah, yeah, how many you quick to say how many you black people be real quick to say I'm part Cherokee, but how many Cherokees said they got a black cousin in Detroit? Uh none. So I'm saying when it comes to recognizing, you know, our position in this country, is it time to sit down? Oh, most definitely. I don't think that black people need to get too involved in some of this tomfoolery. Um our resistance has always been 
what it's been. Our stance has always been that. But, um, you know, you're going to have the bourgeois Negroes trying to figure out their ways. I think that now is a time that blacks need to strategically plan, build. Um, if, if these other cultures want to, to um, you know, connect with us, want to vibe with us, want to build with us, I feel like what, what I thought was funny was we had an um, African marketplace right after that big um, woman's march. Yeah. Um, and... I I mean I didn't see anybody rushing to spend with black folk. We just had the MLK day. You had everybody out there. It was probably more people out there this past year than the last previous years because of all that stuff. All the yeah. unity walk. I didn't see them come to the um, African marketplace to spend their money. Like I don't need you marching. I don't need you protesting. I need you to help me build up my community, help me build up my economics, help me gain uh, 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 some of that leverage that you got. Help me fight for my reparations. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I, and this is not basically saying that I'm on, I'm not, I'm not closely on Trump's side, but I'm just saying before we come to the table, we're going to have to get some few things in order with our counterparts, our, our, our individuals, our brothers that I said have watched us being raped, have watched us suffocate, have watched us be beaten, have watched us become um, animals in this cage, um, thirsting for water that we are not being given, have watched us being publicly lynched like we're just dogs. I need to have these real serious conversations on what are you guys willing to do for us before we move forward. So before on that one through five. So before we take our meeting to have a uh, that 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 conversation with number one, two, three, four, five and six need to sit down and have a few words about moving forward. Well, black people are so, um, I think, ridiculous because once like white supremacy or somebody gives us a little token of a, of a we're sorry and I'll just use this spin on the Oscars, right? Yeah. How Jada jumped out, Oscars, so white Oscars. Now there's what they sit, do. more more Oscar nominations in the history of the Oscars. Now now and also nominations. Now, that don't necessarily translate to a win. But but statistically but but I know what you're but saying. But you know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. And granted, definitely Oscar worthy. But like that's just how they get us, and now we're back to celebrating. Now everyone's going it's back all to the Oscars hood again. <laughs> oh, oh, everyone's gonna be there this year. All the diversity this year. You gonna you gonna pan the crowd? Wait, wait, wait. excuse me. You said that deadly oh, word. Oh, oh no 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 no. You said that deadly word. Oh no no no. I'm diversity. not not for us. I'm saying like no, no, for no, them. Saying, but, hey, listen. You but, said that deadly word. Oh no, I know. Diversity. But but that for what using it in the same context is exactly what it's gonna look like. I don't want to hear about that. I don't want to hear that word no more. Like I get sick to my stomach with hearing about diversity. Diversity means nothing because it's never diversity. It's never that. It's well, it's more of them, less of us. Well, no, it's it's the opposite. It's all diversity because the fact of the matter is is that if you have a short person, a tall person, a blonde, a brunette, uh, uh, this, that, that, whatever, you can pan out a room full of. You could get fifty Asians in the room and they're all Asian, and you said that's a diverse group. Why? Because there's men, there's women, there's old, there's young, there's children, there, there's there's some who are married, there's some who are not, there are some who are employed, some who are not. That's a diverse group of people depending upon the criteria in which you use. That's why the word diversity means actually, that's why it truly does mean nothing. Because unless you've got a bunch of clones all in the same room, any room is a diverse room. 
Like those and are the, that's why the word <laughs> that's the hustle. is so dangerous. That's the hustle. And that's why it becomes such a hustle. Like those words have hustled us, have broken us down. I've heard it all day today at this press conference. Like I said, it sounds good, but until people start looking at facts, Donald Trump was created by who? White media. When white media saw ratings with Donald, they let his mouth go. They could have easily put a fork in it and got him out of here. And we might have had Bernie. We might have had Hillary, right? The fact that we had Hillary, she would have been no better. But she had been humbled from the beating Obama gave her. And I guarantee you, she would have done less. And talking about Hillary, since she lost... What has she done for the black community? Where has she been? Nothing. But but here's something else to take it a step further on on, on the hustle. And, and this is something we're we going to preface it. It is January 26, 2017. We're going to mark this date as a little benchmark to see what happens. One of the, the, the theory, the working theories is, is and such is that Trump was what the Republican Party needed to be, quote unquote, sexy again. Mm-hmm. Controversial to be on the on the tip of people's tongues. Republican Party was was vanilla, in a world that wanted thirty one flavors. Like they just wasn't wasn't messing with it. So you get Trump in as your elect. Pence is the guy they wanted. You get him as vice president. How do you get your vice president to become president when you've got a brash, reckless, inconsistent, oh, incompetent yes. president? So here's the deal: Trump catch a bullet. <laughs> Now just keep just follow the follow. They say follow the money, follow the magic beans, follow 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 the breadcrumbs. Trump catch a bullet. You get Pence as your president. You bring in Romney for the second run, which is the other dude they wanted. Now you've got the two dudes in place that you wanted, as well as an ability to maintain the House and the Senate, because now all this foolery that's going on in his first hundred days, his first year, you need those parties in place to start working policy and to play cleanup. Mm. This could be an extremely crazy jump off to the Republican Party and some real BS that goes on for the American well, I, people. I, I don't I, I don't think Trump's going to last four years. If he does, I'll be shocked. And if he does, it's going to be so much chaos into that. And going into Mitt Romney, you know, this is when you have to really look at things and see how, like, they play this and why when, you know, black don't blame the black folks who didn't vote. It's yeah. not our fault. You know what I'm talking about? Because clearly you got to blame the ones that did. Exactly. <laughs> clearly, the popular vote went to Hillary. Yeah. Right. And, and and you see what happened. The electoral yeah. votes was what mattered. Yeah. And we don't have any control over that. We know what does. Right. Yeah. So, again, hence why I've said Obama was selected, not elected. Right. Yeah. OK. Remember. The thing that really took Mitt Romney's uh, presidential campaign to a spin when that video, that 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 um, audio leaked out about the uh, um, you know one percent, the ninety nine percent, and that gave him horrible press. Yeah. Hence, in two thousand twelve, that destroyed Romney. Turn around. In 2016, comments of that nature that Trump throws elevated him. Mm-hmm. What what an oxymoron that is. You know, let's think about that. That should let people know the process of how much of a game that we're entangled in. How is it that Romney said something not even as direct well, as Trump 
and Trump is elevated, Romney is shut down, the, doesn't win the presidency. But there's something that, that, that goes along with this in the big part is, is because based upon Mitt Romney's comments, it, it applied to white people. That's the difference. Mitt Romney's talking about the, the lower income, the, it applied <laughs> to white people. Donald Trump, O'Donnell T, has been very good about breaking apart each individual group. I'm not talking about Mexicans. I'm talking about the Mexicans over there. I'm not talking about black people. I'm talking about those black people over there. I'm not talking about white folks. I'm talking about those white people. So when when Trump says something, there's a subgroup to every group he's addressing. So no one group thought he was specifically talking to me. So that's how he could get a pass that Romney couldn't because Romney's kind of Romney didn't have the track record of the brash statements. So then it just seemed like a pompous classist move mm -hmm. to anybody who's below this tax bracket. This applies and white people don't like to be grouped in with every nah, other group of people. They don't. They don't. But at the same point in time, I think I think that's kind of funny. And I think that there's going to be so much more of this chaos. I'm telling black people, stay home, start building. I'm telling my other folks, you know what? We appreciate you being on the front line. I'm telling the white people, white on white crime is a deadly disease. I, I'm so sad to see it. But if we are as a country really going to be exactly what this country illustrates or plays out to be, like there's going to have to be some serious healing. There's going to have to be some real serious conversations. And at the end of the day, you know what? People are going to have to start really taking the needs of what black people ask for more seriously and if you don't want to talk about race we're going to continue to have more situations just like this but i do think that this could be the end of white supremacy as we know it i just don't see that with four years unless something totally goes berserk them having another run like this on all levels because i think this may be the time that yes all colors outside of being white will join together. But before we join as blacks, we need to join with a purpose, a reason, an agenda, an ideology that was very focused and centered and bring it to our peoples and say, this is how it's going to go. Because these are the type of conversations that we need to have, not only within our community, but with the other adjacent and adjoining communities around us. That it is, as much as we need to build within ourselves and build up our families and our communities, a lot of these other groups are going to have to realize that even if you weren't an active participant, your sideline watching contributed to the situations that a lot of other groups ended up in. That, Silence is consent. Yes, and that the, the, the fact that you weren't the bully, but you stood by when the bullying was happening. Man. You may not have been the oppressor, but you stood by when the oppression happened. Man. You may not have robbed the bank, but you picked up the money that was dropped when they ran out the building. Man. You contributed and benefited to the pain and misfortunes of another group, even though you may not have been directly involved. Therefore, some part of you may have to come to the table with a certain degree of not only an apology, but some uh, some some restitution. Um, most definitely, definitely restitution. And so these are the things that we need to discuss as a community, discuss as a people, stuff that we need to not sit silent about and some things that we need to say something about. Say something, say something, say something. I'm Jermaine Morris. I was bringing you real life without the sweeteners here with the one and only Mr. Barry Axius. Yes, sir. Good seeing you, brother. And it was a good time. <laughs> Where can folks find you online? Barry Axius, Facebook, Barry Axius, Twitter, at Team Void, Instagram, um, you know. I've been getting some great responses on some of the posts that I've had on Facebook and YouTube as well. 
I've you know trolls. Shouts out to all my trolls and haters. On Facebook is Jermaine Morris. Every other uh, Instagram, Snapchat, Periscope, all this stuff is all at J Morris CEO. Got an event this weekend, two days yes, from now. Yes, yes. It's January twenty eighth in Sacramento, California. A. It's the second annual Manhood Mentoring Conference held at the Fruit Ridge Community Collaborative here in Sacramento, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. The focus is healing conflict resolution, moving on from adversity. A lot of great, powerful speakers for young men 12 and up in the greater Sacramento area. If you're here, come out. If come you're out. far from here, holler at somebody and we'll get you here. Where can yeah. they register their young men at? One voice of youth at gmail.com. The number one voice of youth at gmail.com. I think we'll probably do some Facebook Live as well on that joint. Okay. And so uh, we'll, we'll keep you posted. And, and then also I'm going to be in Indiana in March and um, Oakland in February. And I'm also going to be in L.A. in May. I got some things happening, brother. We'll have to talk about that on the next podcast. Yes, sir. Let's do it. Let's make it All right. I'm Jermaine Morris here with one on Mr. Barry Axis. And until next show. Say something. And we'll holler at you later.